It's the 2nd of October 2022. So this practice of training our minds is something that is very important. Because this mind is an element which receives sense impressions. And then when it receives those, then it proliferates in many various ways. And then there's clinging that comes up, and this is the cause for suffering to arise. So our minds have this quality of clarity to them. And just like pure water, that has a quality of clarity. But then when we put dye into that water, like a red-colored dye, or yellow, or green, and then that water will change color according to the color of the dye that we put in. But if we filter that water and take the color out, then it will become clear like it was before. And this is true too for our minds. So when our minds become intertwined with the sense impressions that they experience, the objects of the mind, and then this pulls the mind down and makes it uh, murky and sullen, and it doesn't become clear. But if we have mindfulness, and we know the objects of the mind for what they are, then the mind separates out from those objects. And the mind is the mind, the objects are the objects. And so there are two different things. And just like oil and water, um, they separate out from each other, even though they may be together, they're still separate. And so the mind separates out from its objects. Those objects are just objects that arise, they stay for a bit, and then they cease. And they're not able to affect the mind if the mind has mindfulness and wisdom, if the mind has that clarity. So when we know in time these objects of the mind, then the mind becomes bright and clear uh, step by step. So in one of the Mahayana Sutras, um, they make a comparison to the mind being like a mirror. And we clean that mirror when it becomes dirty, when dust alights on us, then we uh, brush it, we dust that off. And then the mirror becomes clear, like it was before. So when the mind meets with the sense impression, then we contemplate that in order to separate the mind out from that sense impression. And then the mind becomes clear and bright. So we have this duty of contemplation, but that contemplation it requires mindfulness and samadhi. And if we have that, then we'll be able to contemplate effectively. But if our mindfulness and our awareness is weak, then samadhi won't be firm and wisdom won't arise. 
and the mind will become intertwined with its impressions like before. These sense impressions which are conducive to anger, then the mind will become deluded in those and follow those. And those which are conducive to greed and to delusion, then the mind will become lost in those as well. But we need to understand that this craving and clinging and ignorance and the mind, that they're two separate things. If craving, clinging and ignorance were the same thing as the mind, then there's no way that we'd be able to make the mind pure. But if we don't have mindfulness and samadhi and wisdom, and we just don't see that. What we see is me and mine. We see these defilements as being me, belonging to me. These five khandas are me, they belong to me. And we just take things in this way. So practitioners, we need to train ourselves to have mindfulness consistently and to bring our samadhi and make that firm. And when we do this, then the mind will gain peace and stillness. We walk in meditation, sit in meditation, bringing the mind to this quiet and stillness, to just one object. And when we do this, then wisdom arises, knowledge arises. We see the harm of agitation, the harm of this inner turmoil that arises within the heart. And we see the benefit of making our minds firm and stable the benefit of having a mind that has faith, that has effort, that has energy, that has this strong mindfulness. So then we gain these qualities of vitaka and vichara. So this initial and sustained application of the mind. So like counting the breath in pairs or just knowing the breath. But vitaka and vichara, they're not thought. What it is, it's it's lifting up of an object. So say lifting up this breath to be the object of the mind. And then when the mind gains peace through this, then rapture and happiness arises. The body and mind become buoyant. And slowly the body starts to fade away from our awareness. And it's like we're sitting in air, feels very light. You feel buoyant and like there's light that's radiating out. And this is what happens when peace arises. And there's happiness there within the heart. So if we do this consistently, then no long time our samadhi will become firm. And we can stay with one object, the mind becomes one-pointed. And this is the basis that we use to contemplate in order to gain clarity. So the samatha kamatana, these meditation objects that bring about tranquility, they're very important. So sila, virtue, that we have trained in well already, this makes our mindfulness and samadhi firm. And then when our samadhi becomes, or when we're well trained in that, then this gives rise to wisdom. And wisdom that is well-trained has the fruits of vijja, of knowledge, and vimuti, liberation.
So we need our effort in this, to set our hearts on this, to be consistent in our practice. And we can take up these uh, Tudanga practices, these ascetic practices, and these help to uh, rub away at the defilements. So like eating just in the alms bowl, or eating at just one time a day. So when we leave our seats, then we don't eat anymore. So this is eating in just one sitting. For myself, when I had just recently ordained, um, I didn't know much about this rule. And so when I was there at Bhat Nambapong, at Ajahn Chah's monastery, I was sitting at the end of the line of the monks uh, for the meal. And there was some food that was passed down, and it came to me at the end of the line. And so I looked over and I saw that there were some novices there. So I got up to give that food to the novices. And then when I came back to sit, um, one of my friends said to me that you stood up already, so you can't eat anymore. So for that day, I just ate that, just what I'd eaten before. And so this is this practice of eating in just one sitting. So for Kamatana monks, meditation monks, we train in this. Or like the awakened teachers, some of them have taught to just have the afternoon allowables, afternoon drinks, just once every 15 days. And this is what Venerable Ajahn Ginnari taught. And he said that if you have more than this, then you'll get kind of addicted to sweet tastes. So just have it once every 15 days. Other than if we feel sick, or if there's a lot of work that we've been doing, a lot of duties that we've done um, to help out the Sangha, like building work, building an apostle hall, and then this is a kind of different um, occasion. So we have these tonics that the Buddha allowed, these tonics of oil and ghee, uh, fresh butter and sugar and honey. And the Buddha gave the allowance of monks who have a lot of painful feelings in their body uh, to take these that we take it then that that monk is unwell. So they're allowed these tonics. But we also need to be cautious with those as well, because if we have too much of them, then this will be of detriment to our physical health. So before, in previous times, things weren't as developed as they are now, and we didn't have as much of these things as we do now. In my second year as a monk, um, I was walking um, in Tudong and walking all day and arrived at a monastery. We went to the area where they had these evening drinks and so I drank a cup of what they had set out and then there was an offer for a second cup and I said, no, no, no that's, that's enough already. So before I drank it, I thought that it would be a sweet drink, but it actually turned out to be uh, the 
liquid of Barapet, which is an extremely bitter medicinal vine. So just once every 15 days, um, then they had those sweet drinks, and the other days was just that Barapet drink. So taking up these ascetic practices, it gives energy to our minds to struggle and fight against the sense impressions and the moods that they experience. And when we take these things, these food and these afternoon uh, allowables, we do so just for our bodies to be able to survive, so that we can develop our mindfulness and make our samadhi firm. So these two dhanga practices, they're that which wear away and make our minds better. And when the mind is firm, then it's not difficult to contemplate. So the wisdom arises and we gain a clear knowledge. So may all of you be firm in this practice, be really sincere in it. Both the monastics and the laity are able to see the Dhamma. So we already know the methods that bring our minds to peace. And this inner peace, it's a resting place for our hearts. So we know these methods already, that which gives rise to samadhi. We know the methods that can make our samadhi firm for long periods. And if we're able to gain this, this firm samadhi, then we can observe and follow up on all the things that arise within the mind. Seeing that all these mental objects are not sure, they change. And we're able to separate the mind out from its objects. The objects are one thing, the mind is another. They separate out like this. So when we have this peace, we have this wisdom, then we can separate the mind out from its objects. So there's this knowing in time of the thoughts that are arising. And there's this wisdom that comes up, able to see that these thoughts are separate from the mind, able to gain this understanding, see that it is just that way, that it's just mental objects, it's just a mind. So just like that mirror, that if there's a mirror that's there, then there'll have to be some dust that alights upon it. But if there's no mirror, then there's no dust. And so if we take it to that point of anatta, of not-self, then there's no mirror anymore. And we need to take it to that level in order to experience purity. So may you train your minds a lot, do this a lot, develop it a lot. And this is a very high level of merit and skillfulness. This is maha kusala, this great skillfulness. It's higher than any other forms of merit. And if we can bring our minds to peace for just a moment, the Buddha taught that this has immense benefit. That we can meet with this inner peace. And if we have these kind of character traits that we've developed um, 
previously, that's come from our previous cultivation, if we have that barami, then this peace may arise easily. So may you really set your hearts on training yourselves like this. Make it continuous. Make it all connect up. Bring up your effort in this way. This viriya lampa is bringing forth of effort. Doing walking meditation, sitting meditation. When you finish coming back from arms round, then come and sit in meditation. After eating, then go back and do walking meditation. Always bringing up your efforts consistently of not slacking on this. When we have effort, then samadhi and mindfulness will be firm and wisdom will arise for sure. And then you'll know the Dhamma, see the Dhamma. And it can be very quick if you practice in this way. So may you set your heart on this.